Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 152 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the mindful, mesmerizing creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you're listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back at Blog Talk Radio. I also, before we get started, just have to say really quickly, yay, the spring equinox is this weekend. (laughs) Yes, equal day, equal night, the first day of spring. Um, The way that the wheel of the year works for the psycho-spiritual wheel of the year is that we spend the first part of the year, like January and February and part of March, metaphorically tending to the soil of our lives so that now when spring equinox comes along, we get to plant seeds of intention, um, you know, and kind of kick off this manifestation process that we do then for the rest of the year. And, um, And we plant seeds both metaphorically and literally because there's a fun crafty witch project for planting seeds in this module. So the module for the spring equinox for the psycho spiritual wheel of the year that is available on my website on facebook on twitter on g plus i don't hide these things they're out in the open for everyone to find (laughs) but i just thought i'd mention it because i'm not really doing a show on the spring equinox um and it's coming up um this one also has a really cool rewilding portion that's all about working with the elements in a tangible physical way which is one of my all-time favorite moments in the whole program and it really goes well with next month's theme um not to jump the gun here but um i will mention to you (laughs) just you don't tell anybody else um that next month's theme is going to be the body of a witch um and we do these the modules are designed to do the entire season for like six weeks for the you know so from spring equinox all the way to summer transition which many of you probably know as Beltane it's um it's a mindfulness practice but also there's a lot of physical things that you do as well and it's just a way to celebrate the whole season so it's not something that you have to do on the spring equinox but anyway next month we'll be talking about the body of a witch This month, we're talking about the mind of a witch, and I actually did two episodes last week. I don't know if you caught that, but I wasn't happy with the way Tuesday's show turned out. The second half, I just felt like kind of went off the rails, and I didn't really get to say everything I wanted to say, so I did a follow-up show on Wednesday. (laughs) So if you missed that, just go back to the archives, and you can check that out. It says, Part 2, Changing Your Mind on Purpose which we're going to kind of talk about today, too. Um, This week is about breaking through the glass ceiling in your own mind. Um, And 
you probably know breaking through the glass ceiling. A lot of women try to break through the glass ceiling in corporations, for example. It's a term for people who are doing the best they can and they feel like they've gone as far as they can because the system, some system is holding them back. What I'm saying is there's a system in place in your mind that acts in the same way, and it's like an internal glass ceiling. So that's what I want to talk about today. (laughs) We each have deeply entrenched concepts of who we are and what we are capable of, but that does not mean that that is truly who we are or what we are capable of. Um, It is just a reflection of our so-called upper limits, which can be changed on purpose, which can be expanded on purpose. Upper limits, as far as I know, uh, was a term coined by Gay Hendricks in his book, The Big Leap. It's an awesome, quick, fun read. um, And you can also hear him talk on YouTube a lot about what upper limits are. If, If you don't have the time to read it or if you've got a huge stack of books that you're already trying to get through, um, Gay Hendricks. Just put in Gay Hendricks and either the Big Leap or Upper Limits, and you probably can get some good stuff on that. But we're going to talk about it here today, too. Um, And the reason is, if you watched my uh, mega vlog that I posted on Thursday, I talked about how I am hitting some upper limits in my business now. I'm like experiencing some I just noticed myself really holding back and procrastinating on marketing and promoting these two ebooks that I just created um, to the general public. Like, I have no problem telling you guys about it um, because we, not all of us, obviously, but there's a good core group of people that engage with me here, you know, in the podcast and the videos and the groups I lead. We, I feel like there's a mutual thing going on. We have a relationship, and I love you, and you love me, and it's all good. <laughs> but I've found myself in this little bubble, and I don't think that I am serving on the level that I could be, and um, that's because I just want to stay in my bubble. I have some kind of stranger danger going on, some fear in my head, and I realize, oh, my gosh, I've hit an upper limit. Because I have this kind of to-do list of things I need to do to market the book, reaching out um, to some bigger podcasts uh, to see if they want to interview me so I can teach their audience some of the concepts that I share here, things like that. And I'm just not doing it. It's on my list. I see I need to do it, but I come up with like a million reasons why I can't do it that day. I'll do it tomorrow, and then tomorrow never comes. So... That is my glass ceiling right now that I'm working on busting through. And I'm actually holding myself accountable by saying it publicly in that video and here on the radio show too because I fully intend to bust through (laughs) this glass ceiling in my own mind. It's annoying the crap out of me because I know it's just in my mind. Um, You'll hear over and over again me – say that magic is creating change in conformity with your will. That was, in a nutshell, Aleister Crowley's definition of magic, creating change in conformity with your will. And I think it's a good one. It's my favorite one. It's the one I say most often. But Dion Fortune later refined that statement into changing your consciousness 
in conformity with your will, which I also mention frequently um, because I want people to know that you have the power to change your life and it's an inside job. You have to change your consciousness to change your life. The thing, though, that I like about Crowley's definition is that, to me, that's what it means. That's what it's always meant, (laughs) is changing your consciousness to change the world around you because as above, so below, as within, so without. That's what I've always taken that to mean. I didn't need an amendment to the statement that it's changing your consciousness because I just assumed that that was part of it. I was never petitioning something outside myself to create change. Although I do ask for plenty of guidance guidance, and the occasional lucky break, I will admit. Um, but in general, I'm not like petitioning the gods to change things for me. My main focus has always been on as within, so without. Knowing that if I change my world within, it will automatically begin to change without and in the world around me. That's why I say that Tony Robbins and personal development, that was kind of a gateway drug to magic and the law of attraction for me when I was younger, and that's why I still love that stuff. Living with this idea as your personal truth, living with the idea that you can change the world around you by changing the world within you, It's extremely empowering. It says that you do not need permission from anyone other than yourself to be who you want to be and that you are the king or queen of your own life, the great decider. (laughs) Is that a joke or did George Bush actually say that? I feel like he actually said that and it became a joke. He said, I am the great decider. (laughs) Uh, you guys will have to tell me if that's true or not. But anyway, you get to decide. You get to choose who you're going to be. But that's where it gets tricky. That's why there's so many self-help and personal development books and psycho-spiritual this and that. Because while you do not need permission from anyone else, you do need permission from yourself. And yourself is probably under lock and key. The self that's really in control, which is largely your subconscious self, your subconscious mind. Subconscious means below your conscious awareness, meaning you're not even aware it exists. So how can you change what you're unaware of? Mm. (laughs) Witchcraft? I'm actually not kidding, (laughs) but any kind of spiritual practice that allows you to dive deep and really learn yourself, like learn who you are both on a mundane and a more cosmic level can do that for you. I was kind of kidding (laughs) because I know that saying witchcraft like gets the hairs up on people's neck, even when you're listening to a show called Hippie Witch. I just know a lot of people feel that way. And sometimes I like to amuse myself. Um, but certain Eastern traditions are really great for that. Philosophies like the Tao, for example, or certain kinds of Buddhism. The main point is, regardless of how you go about it, the point is know thyself. Know thyself, which is how does one do that? I mean, you 
are yourself. So don't you already know yourself? It seems like you should, right? (laughs) But the truth is, you know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing. That that is something I always say. The more I know, the more the more I know, I don't know anything. The more I know, what is, <laughs> the more I know, the more I know I need to know. I know less and less is the more I know. It just starts. You just start going, oh my god. You have these epiphanies, and you start to get a sense of self awareness, and then you realize you've only kind of just touched. The beginning of it, which is fun if you're a person like me and you like to nerd out on this self, on this stuff, because then it's just a lifelong adventure, <laughs> a return to self in a way. And I personally have uncovered two very distinct and then quite different, actually, meanings of this ancient Greek aphorism, know thyself, that was inscribed um, above the Temple of Delphi. And it survived throughout the centuries to become this handy little catchphrase used by, you know, modern-day metaphysical and psychological circles alike. I'm tripping over my tongue a lot today. I do that sometimes. I like these big words, and then they try to come out of my mouth, and it's like, (laughs) know thyself. So two meanings, in my opinion, of what this actually is about. One, the first way... I thought of this, you know, the way it first occurred to me when I really began contemplating know thyself and um, a meaning that I really spent a great time of exploring. It It could be summed up by saying this, know thyself before you wreck thyself. Get to know your ego. Get to know your shadows so that you can then not only figure out what makes you tick, but also that so that you can program new thought and behavior programs and patterns. I didn't even mean to say programs. New thought and behavioral patterns, as well as identify your most sensitive triggers and consciously develop strategies. That's the important key. It's one thing to know what triggers you, but to have strategies in place for handling it is a whole other thing. So... Identify your most sensitive triggers and then consciously develop strategies for reacting in new, more empowering ways when you're headed into a situation that is likely to set you off. Or if if you really know yourself, getting yourself to react in new ways even after something has unexpectedly set you off. So you might be a person who always reaches for the haagen when something triggers you into a spin about being overweight. It could be a snide comment from your sister, a Victoria's Secret commercial, or a trip to the mall to try on jeans. Whatever it is, it leaves you feeling hopeless and kind of down on yourself. So you reach for something that you know will make you feel better. Ice cream. (laughs) And ice cream always makes you feel better in the moment. And then it makes you feel worse. So I'm just using this as an example. It could be anything for you, but I feel like sometimes it helps because I get talking really fast and jumping from concept to concept. It helps sometimes to kind of ground it in an example. This is just an example. (laughs) But a strategy, if that's your trigger and um, feeling bad about your body and your reaction to that trigger is to reach for the haagen 
you want to develop, you want to plan ahead because something is going to trigger you, especially, you know, shadow work is about recognizing your triggers, recognizing patterns, things that regularly set you off. If you look at your own life, you will see it's the same handful of things over and over and over and over again. Your family knows what they are. Your friends know what they are. You're very predictable in that way. So if you can't figure it out yourself, ask someone who's really close to you, like, what am I really sensitive about? You know, what do people not want to say to me because they know I'm going to, like, freak out about it? (laughs) So, you know, skip ahead. Ask someone who knows you and is willing to tell you the truth. Um, But you need a strategy. So in that case, you might – I think I like really fun, silly, happy little things. So I – if that were me, I would probably create something called the magical tub of love, you know, and I'd put it in the kitchen maybe, in the pantry – somewhere near where I keep the Haagen-Dazs. I wouldn't even keep the Haagen-Dazs in the house. Somewhere near where I used to keep the Haagen-Dazs. And then in, like, you know, those plastic tubs that you can get at the container store, put in it a really cute pair of walking shoes, an iPod that's loaded up with your favorite podcasts and playlists, a super funny T-shirt, you know, with, like, a slogan that makes you laugh, and just go to that tub. You, you just have to do it, autom- you know, make yourself do it the first few times, and then it becomes automatic when someone triggers you, and then you just go for a walk. You listen to something that's uplifting or that makes you laugh on your earbuds, and it's not even about, like, getting a power workout in and punishing yourself for being overweight. It's just about doing something productive and healthy that makes you feel good and creating a new pattern of behavior. So ultimately, you're reprogramming your mind and busting through that glass ceiling so that the next time someone triggers you, you're like, I'm going to go for a walk. Screw you. (laughs) The other meaning of know thyself that gets into, well, it gets into trying to know the unknowable to some degree, Um, and that is to truly know thyself, to know thy soul the true self, know your own truth as a unique expression of the divine. And this is actually an area that is rife with potential for both comedy and tragedy (laughs) because the ego thinks that this is its territory too. But the ego is so far out of its league here that unless it can convince you that it is your soul, it knows that it is entirely without a say. Good thing for the ego, not so much for you. (laughs) It is crazy good at seducing you into believing that it is your ego. And its favorite way to do this, if you are spiritually inclined, is to tell you that you are special. You're special. You're ascended. You're more evolved than other people. Conversely, it might also tell you that you're worthless and in need of saving. And then that's when... The dogma doctrines come a-knocking. But I just wanted to point out the two different kinds of know thyself because I think there are layers to that like there is to just about anything. And one is, you know, very lofty and highfalutin. I think if you just stick to the first meaning, getting to know your ego, getting to know your triggers, um, you can make a lot of headway that way on breaking through the glass ceiling because you're going to get to know yourself better and your soul, I think, is naturally going to... There is a fly buzzing around my head. 
gosh, dang it. <laughs> Your soul is going to um, – I do believe our souls guide us to a large degree. I don't think we have to go out of our way to contact our soul. I think it's more about, like, chipping away the crap that is keeping us from being able to see our, our soul that is already there. It's who we are. It's what we are. We just become kind of blind to it. So my strategy would be – Go for the triggers. Go for the ego. Get to know yourself on that level. And I think the other one will start to kind of take care of itself in a way. Um, And then there's a really old – I have a couple of old books that I like, personal development books. Um, I talk a lot about how I read Anthony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within when I was 17 years old. But also around that time, I read As a Man Thinketh. I can't remember which was first. It was kind of like around the same time, and I had a tiny little like pocket-sized version of As a Man Thinketh. <laughs> um, so that's like a really old one. But then there's others like Og Mandino's The Greatest Salesman in the World. I'm not like most New Agey, self-helpy kind of people that's all about uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich because I think – I don't know, there's just some sexist moments in that book that kind of turn me off. (laughs) But other people love it. Um, But another kind of funky one that I'm really coming back around to lately and super into, uh, I might even do a a book nerd post on it because it's got some really, it's got some cool information in here, even though it's kind of cybernetics is in the title and that's not something we talk about anymore. This book was from the 60s. Um, by Maxwell Maltz, and it's called Psycho-Cybernetics. But I've really been getting into it lately because it it's, talks a lot about, it doesn't use the term upper limits, um, but it's really relevant to thinking about upper limits and this glass ceiling idea that we're talking about today. So I thought I would mention it. Uh, it really gets into self-image, and how unless you change your self-image, your self-concept, your concept of who you are, nothing that you do to change your behavior or your world will stick. What I also like about this book is that it emphasizes the need for experience. So he says you can't like affirm your way into changing your self-image. You can't use positive affirmations to change your image of yourself, your self-concept. We create, we change our self-image by creating experiences and those experiences change our self-image. I'm talking in circles a lot today. We change our self-image by creating experiences that improve upon it, improve upon our self-image. They create confidence. Um, they build faith in it, in our ability to be something more than we are. So, You can't think your way into deep personal change, although the mind, the mind of the witch, would love to believe so. Um, You need to experience your way into it. I've talked a lot about this with um, using the witch's pyramid and how your thoughts lead to your emotions and your emotions lead to your actions and your actions lead to manifestation. I've talked about it so much, I thought I would, you know, maybe tackle it from a different perspective. (laughs) So um, thinking about, you know, psycho-cybernetics. It's so groovy, man. It's such an outdated term, but I'm into it. <laughs> psycho-cybernetics. Some, you know, approaching changing your self-image 
from an experiential point of view, I thought we could maybe break that into like a step-by-step process. So step one would be first, get really certain about what you want. And in this case, it, it would be breaking through your upper limits or the glass ceiling in your own mind. Um, I was just talking about this to a friend. I used to know somebody, I was very close to somebody who was a serial entrepreneur and he could never make it over $100,000 a year. Every time he got to $100,000 a year, he would either sell his business or lose his business and then have to start all over from the beginning. And it wasn't because he didn't want to make $100,000 a year. It was because he couldn't. It was beyond his self-image. It was, he had, you know, $100,000 a year was his upper limit. It was the glass ceiling in his own mind. So let's just use that as an example because examples help. So step one would be get certain about what you want. In this case, it would be, I want to make more than $100,000 a year. Step two is you have to get some leverage on yourself, some emotional leverage, and create a genuine driving desire by getting super clear on the why. So why do I want to make more than $100,000 a year? And I'm just making this up. This wasn't true for this person, but let's just say it was. (laughs) Um, I want to make more than $100,000 a year because that will allow me to retire my dad who has been stuck in the same back-breaking job for 48 years, and I want him to be able to enjoy the golden years of his life, and I'd really like to travel the world together. And $100,000 would allow me to take care of my own life and retire my dad. And there's so much emotion behind a a dream like that, a goal like that. And you want to pick something that has enough leverage that it gets you into action, it gets you into motion, it's exciting, it pulls on your heartstrings. And then step three is, You kind of do like a series of questions, um, again, to get yourself into action. So what kind of person would you have to be to make $100,000 a year? What kind of actions would you have to take? What kind of thoughts would a person who makes $100,000 a year have? What kind of thoughts would you have to take? And then that's when you get into kind of like mind control on purpose, (laughs) changing your mind on purpose. So you start courting those thoughts. You can, I mean, we're so privileged to live in the era that we do with all of this technology and all of these digital files we have access to. So you could find some great thought leaders that promote that line of thinking, Um, experts in the field, whatever it is. We're just using this $100,000 a year example. Um, You can find plenty of people that will talk about that. You know, listen to their podcasts and lectures and books on tape, audio books, get an Audible account. Um, Work on then crafting some affirmations that are in alignment with those thoughts, but then use those affirmations, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, as you are taking actions that are in alignment with busting through that glass ceiling. So you want 
you're changing your self-image by action and you're supporting that with the affirmations. You are not trying to change your self-image with the affirmations alone. You're trying to use the emotion to get you into action and then you affirm that while you're taking action. Does that make sense? And then even tiny actions, it doesn't have to be big, huge things. Even tiny actions, if they're moving you in the right direction, they will create some forward motion, and if you do enough of them, you will start to get momentum. Your self-image will begin to change as these new thoughts and emotions and behaviors begin to create little successes along your way. It's the success that changes your self-image, and those little successes will further build They'll further build on that new self-image until your outer reality begins to look different than it did before and finally reflects back at you a new self-image. And that's when you know you've moved beyond your upper limits. And what's cool about that is once you've done it, once you've broken the glass ceiling in your mind, you will find that there's another glass ceiling above that (laughs) and another above that. But you've already begun you've already begun changing your self-image into one of a person who is able to change their mind on purpose. You've already begun training yourself to not only believe, but know from experience that you are able to move beyond perceived upper limits. And so with each consecutive expansion or upgrade, however you want to look at it, you will find that it gets easier and easier. And you've learned that the only limits on what you can do or who you can be are the ones that you've put on yourself. And that, to me, is magic. I'm out of time, my friends. Until we meet again, I'll be back here next Tuesday talking at you. Have a beautiful spring equinox, however you celebrate Ostara. Um, Much love to you. Peace.